pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. What is up, Grinders? Here for another edition of MMA Grinders Live. I'm your host, H3 Buddha, Mike Brown. I'm joined today with the always uh, bearded, but now he's shaving his beard again, BB Bomb, Brad Athlete. How's it going for this UFC Long Island card? It's going well. You know, I, I wasn't going to shave, but after you reached out to me, earlier this week and said look I, I I feel uncomfortable being the only clean shaven host on this show I really appreciate if you shaved as well there's only so much I could do really so uh, I feel uncomfortable I feel like I'm in an identity crisis a bit but give it a week and and uh, it'll start to grow back so um, but yeah I'm, I'm doing well it's, it's a fun card it's Interesting card this week. I will get into this, I'm sure, but DraftKings, you know, released the salaries before the odds came out, which they have done in the past, but very inconsistently. And and there's plenty of discrepancies between pricing and the odds. So it just it throws a wrench into things, but not necessarily a, a bad wrench. I think uh, I honestly think it gives the sharper players a, a bigger advantage. So um yeah look forward to talking about it this week yeah looks like there's going to be some uh fan favorites on the top of the card for sure so ownership should be pretty spread out uh, a bunch of fights on this one so uh yeah um same thing happening in uh premium or what's what's going on for uh this card yeah and and just we should mention from the top it's only Wednesday um obviously we haven't had the same amount of time to research and break down the fights as normal since we normally do this on Thursday uh you know we'll do the best that we can and and we'll give you some analysis for every fight but in premium you know I will have full comprehensive written breakdowns of every single fight on the card that'll come out Thursday um there will also be projections rankings the usual stuff premium chat um yeah so everything in premium as normal awesome yeah it looks like uh we got a bunch of qualifiers out there for the finish the fight qualifier and anywhere from three to 50 bucks too i mean there's they're they're gonna be throwing these out there in the lobby which is nice to see they're not gonna be sitting back and we're gonna be filling it with nfl or something crazy like that so that's always good to see yeah shout out to uh, sun Tzu who grabbed his seat to that last week and and uh chips he's a premium subscriber he's uh but he's just a great player in general he's already got i think two sheets two. two two seats locked up plus uh potentially a third um 
so yeah, I'm expecting by the end of this, there to be a ton of, a ton of the subscribers in there. Hopefully you and I will be able to grab a seat as well. It would be cool. Yeah, we're trying. It's a, it's a bankroll buster, but, um, it's fun firing the bullets at it. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the subscribers have been making it too, or making good runs. So definitely get in there and, uh, let's talk some fights. Um, let's, uh, kick it off here, uh, with the, um, fight pass, uh, early prelims where we see Frankie Perez versus Chris Wade. We have Chris Wade as an 8,600 on DraftKings, a minus 300 favorite. Frankie Perez comes in at 7,600 plus 250 underdog. Um, I'll go ahead and break, start this one out. Uh, basically these two guys have fought before uh, in a different organization. Um, they fought pretty good fight between both of them. Um, Wade um, did win that by split decision. Um, Wade definitely is a, is a kind of like a, a grappler type of, you know, let the striking lead to grappling, which is the type of uh, guy that we like to see on DraftKings. Like Brett led off on the show, uh, minus 300, uh, in an 8,600, usually minus 300, we see what 9,100, 9,000. So there's a little bit of value on, uh, Wade coming into this one. Um, Wade, uh, usually does get about two and a half take counts, uh, per fight. Um, obviously we're looking for that in these fights. Um, Perez, um, yeah, he's a decent striker. He's pretty durable. Um, I should take up the, the distance on this one. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, over two and a half. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do like Chris Wade in this spot. Um, I think he can rack up a, a bunch of points on DraftKings for his price. Um, going through his logs, he, he has lost against Makachev and uh, Habaloff in by decision, both back-to-back. But we, as we know, wrestling um, first for a lot of these Russian fighters, the Russian Samba. So they're, uh, he's able to still take down wrestlers. I think um, he should be able to control the whole fight. Even on the feet, I think he should be able to hold his own. Um, I don't really have too much interest in Frankie Perez. Uh, do you think you have any uh, interest in him, uh, you know, as an underdog? Or there's just better spots on the card, I think. Yeah, not really. He's one of the biggest dogs on the card. And, and Wade just seems like a guy where if he has the wrestling advantage, he's likely going to win. And, and if he doesn't, he's likely going to lose. You know, he lives and dies by the grappling. And not to say Perez is a bad wrestler but you know he's been he was taken down like five or six times by johnny case a bunch of times by diakisi i think wade should have the grappling advantage i think wade should land takedowns and win so um yeah wade, wade's definitely my preferred play of the two and one of many wrestlers on the card that i think you should at least have exposure to in in some regard yeah, I'd just be worried. I mean, I, Perez probably isn't even really at all on my radar. I'm concerned about the output on the feet. He's not that fast. Uh, in, in the two, in three fights, he's just basically had 20 significant strikes. Now two of those were knockouts in the first and a third round. So the volume is really concerning, especially just coming from the striker. So mm-hmm. definitely going to have a lot of shares of Wade on my side because of the wrestling. And uh, yeah, I, I do see a decision in the fight though. So uh should be able to pay off at 8,600. Uh, let's move on to the next fight where we see Shane Burgos versus Godfredo Pepe. Uh, Burgos comes in at 8,700, uh, minus 370 favorite. 
Uh, Pepe comes in at 7,500 plus 310 underdog. Um, Burgos been getting some hype now, Brett. Um, he's uh, been bet down pretty heavy. I mean, uh, he started off a, a lot smaller than minus 370. Could get a little bit steeper by the end. Do you like Pepe for that submission or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we always like targeting Pepe fights in general, right? He's just a all or nothing type fighter. A lot of his wins are, are first round submissions and a lot of his losses are, are first round losses as well. Burgos does have hype. I, I think he's probably a bit overhyped, but this looks to be a good matchup for him. And, and before I get into that again, minus 370 favorite, the biggest favorite on the card. He's only what, eight, seven eight, on DraftKings. So there's significant odds value on Burgos at the moment. Um, my, my, Concern with Burgos still is that he still hasn't fought the best competition. We still haven't seen him like against a true wrestler. He's shown pretty good takedown defense in the past. The, the biggest concern, honestly, that, that I have for him in this fight is he has this weird habit of defending takedowns by like turning his back and then running toward the cage where he can like use the cage for balance and he defends well, but if he turns his back and, and runs runs toward the cage um, while someone has a grip around his waist, like I can easily see Pepe just leaping on his back and like grabbing a choke before he even knows what's happening. So it, it's, it's, it's more of a, like a narrative than, than perfect analysis, but it wouldn't completely shock me if Pepe got a, a first round submission. He, he's really tricky. That's what he's great at. Really the only thing he's great at. Um, so I think Pepe still has high upside and I, I would be willing to target him in, in tournaments in a small amount, in a small dose, uh, because if he wins, it's likely by a quick submission. Um, I don't see him being effective in the wrestling though. I, I think Burgos is going to want to keep it standing and just land the heavy shots. And if these two get into a firefight, I'm taking Burgos, you know, he hits way harder. He's just more technical and he can take a better punch. So that's what I expect to happen. I expect Burgos to uh, beat him up, really. Um, the one, you know, another concern I have for Burgos, and maybe you can jump in here, you know, he's not likely to get takedowns. So with all the wrestlers on the card, I mean, even if he gets a second round knockout, I don't know if that's going to pay off. It might because the fight's going to be high paced, but um does that concern you at all because he, he's really going to keep the fight standing and, and it does seem like we need to target grapplers yeah you're 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 basically saying we're dependent on uh, a knockout or a trillion significant fights in a three-round decision i think burgos is kind of uh, a volume striker anyways um 77 significant strikes and 73 significant strikes in his first two and one of them was a decision both knockdowns in the fights um I, I am concerned about him necessarily paying off his price at being, you know, the hot, heaviest favorite and he's going to have all the ownership. So I yeah. agree with your point. I, I think Pepe is a dog to target because of the grappling and the submission, but it's a, it's a weird fight because Pepe isn't going to do anything, but want to get that submission. Right. And Burgos is going to want to tee off on him. So I think he's going to give up the submission quickly and then just be like, screw it. Let's go for a knock knockout. And then they're just going to trade and he'll probably get knocked out. And so, yeah. And I agree with you. And just to, to finalize it, I, I think Burgos is definitely a guy you need exposure to um, the inside distance odds aren't out, but he should have a good prop. 
Um, you know, he probably is likely to win inside the distance, one of the best values on the card, but he should be high owned and he's by no means a lock to score 110 points, even if he wins by knockout. So, um, not a guy I would go, go all in on, but definitely a fight overall. I think we should target. Yeah, definitely. It kind of leads into this next one, I guess, when we talk about ceilings, so let's move on to the next fight. Uh, we have Timothy Johnson at uh, 9,000, the favorite, minus 235 versus Junior Albini, uh, 7,200 on DraftKings, plus 195 underdog. Uh, the newcomer Albini versus the veteran and Johnson. Um, it, it, it's always interesting. It's, it, we have these narratives kind of that we look at these fighters and we see that like Johnson kind of he, he's the wrestling heavyweight it's interesting because a lot of these heavyweight fights we like to target because we like to see the knockout in the first round we like to see something flashy something crazy you know these guys are coming out there the the heaviest guys out there um but uh johnson really is kind of grappling first he'll get you against the cage and then just pull you down and he'll smother you so uh the newcomer albini does have uh some knockout upside um, you got to take it with a grain of salt because Johnson's really only been uh, hasn't been knocked out yet in his career. Um, it, he has been shown to kind of gas before Albini, so that's concerning. Um, Johnson should pretty much have his way. I, I really do like Johnson, but nine thousand it, it it's concerning to me because Johnson has a tendency of just kind of sitting on you, controlling you. He doesn't necessarily always have the advances that are going to rack up a bottom up ton of points for you. So at 9K, um, I kind of am concerned to see if there's going to be a finish or not. Um, Johnson should technically finish him late if it is, if, if Albini is able to hang in there for a round of two. Um, but, yeah, Johnson in uh, two wins, for instance, the last two wins was not, uh, 64 points, 53 points, and he was 9.9 uh, .9 and 8.5. So, I mean, that's – kind of shows you even in a loss he's able to get 40 28 um but it's scary I, i'm kind of concerned about the upside on johnson um do you have any uh any insight on this one it, it, i always like yeah. i, I kind of like to 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 avoid the johnson fights when i'm trying to pick him because he's just right DraftKings wise it's very scary i'll be is, is could be durable enough to hang in there yeah, Johnson's frustrating because it's like, yeah. what do you what do you think about Johnson? He's like the the wrestling heavyweight, right? Yeah. In, in in six fights, or wait, five fights, only in one of his five fights has he landed more than one takedown, which kind of shows how ineffective he is, even though he's a wrestler. Um, I think the, the worst part about this, is, I mean, and I mean, I hate to sit on the fence, but the worst part about this is. I could see Johnson going out there, smothering him in the first round and getting some weird uh, heavyweight submission. I could see this fight going ugly three rounds and neither neither of them scoring. And there's still a small chance that Albini just goes in there and knocks him out because it's heavyweight. Um, I think those are all three semi-realistic outcomes. I don't from the from the the, the little tape that I, the little tape I've watched, Albini doesn't look great. Um, and Johnson's never been knocked out. So I, I just can't invest a ton of money in Albini regardless. Um, 
And I also think Johnson is a little too expensive. He, he's really going to need the first round submission. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. If you want to play him in a couple lineups here or there in tournaments, he's just, he's not going to be a heavy exposure play of mine. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because it's like, you know what you're going to get out of Timothy, right? And it's like, do you want to take that for 9K? It's 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 scary to invest 9,000 on this particular card where there are so many different values that, you know, you know, you may be guaranteeing yourself like 50 points and that's, that's not what you need. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Albini could be, could really be bad. He could be a bad fighter and Johnson could just murder him in, in like a minute and a half. And then we're like, why didn't we obviously see this? We should have targeted it. So it's like, I want to prevent that by throwing him in a few lineups, but if we're playing percentages, I think the most likely outcome is that he, he doesn't pay off his price. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, um, I a hundred percent agree on that one. I, uh, I've been waiting to hear your breakdown on this next fight. Uh, we got a very big underdog last time in Brian Boom Kelleher. Uh, and now he's facing Marlon Vera. Uh, Kelleher comes in at the 9,200 DraftKings price, a minus 235 favorite versus uh, Marlon Vera, 7,000, a plus 195 underdog. Um, last time out, Marlon Vera. Um, retired brad pickett by knocking him out in the third after losing bad in the first two rounds um and then you have your boy which okay i was on vera it's an interesting situation i was very hyped about vera last time okay and then brett was really hyped about boom kelleher and saying people you're writing off kelleher so what do we have on this one this one should be scrappy well, it, it was funny because I put out this tweet yesterday. I was like, Kelleher should be, I think I said like 10.5K minimum. And it was the perfect tweet because people know that I'm high on Kelleher. And also I think a lot of people know that I don't like Vera. And so it, it was right in that sweet spot of people couldn't tell whether I was joking or not. Like, like I got a ton of responses like, are you serious? Um, and n no, I it, it was a joke. I, I just, I wanted to troll people, but... I I wish this is one of the times that I wish DraftKings had priced it normally because it's I, I don't think Vera's good. I, I've said it in all of his fights and I'll, I'll say it again. I, I don't think he's very good. A lot of people were on him against Pickett. I you know, I said really the only way he's going to win is if he wins by knockout. I just didn't think it was gonna happen. Unfortunately, it did happen, but I, you know, I was still right in the sense where he didn't, he didn't look good. He Pickett tossed him on his head multiple times and was beating him up. He looked okay in the third round, got the knockout. Regardless, my my read is still that that Vera is not a good fighter, and, and maybe he maybe he beats Kelleher, maybe he wins a couple more fights, but I, I just don't see him ever reaching, you know, a ceil you know, a high ceiling in the UFC, and I. I think a lot of people are going to be like, this is the perfect spot to target Vera. He's cheap. Uh, he's coming off a knockout and he's facing this guy, Kelleher, who got so lucky. Like, you know, it's a perfect time to target Vera. I, I just, I, I'm never going to target Vera. I don't think he's a good fighter. Really. The only way he pays off this fight is, is if he gets a submission. I mean, it, he's not going to be landing takedowns here. He doesn't throw in volume. So really, what is his upside? He, I don't see him getting a knockout. He's not a knockout fighter. Uh, he is a decent submission grappler, and that's scary because Kelleher has been submitted several times. So like my worst nightmare 
here is that Kelleher goes out and just like throws him to the ground and, and Vera like locks up a guillotine or something like that. That's my worst nightmare. Um, but, and I, I think you'll agree with me. I think a lot of people will be on Vera and I'm just, I'm just not going to target him if there's going to be any significant ownership and I get it. He's cheap. If you want to throw him in cash games, that's fine. Tournaments. I, I get it. I'm just not going there. Um, and I think Kelleher is a decent play in a vacuum. I, I think that he can land a lot of takedowns. Um, he's still, you know, he's like a power wrestler. And, and I think, you know, Fair has bad takedown defense. I wouldn't be shocked to see Kelleher score highly. It's just frustrating because he's priced at the top. He shouldn't be priced at the top. And I don't, I just don't know if I can afford him, but I, I'm going to throw him in a couple lineups because, uh, you know, he's my guy and there is a path to a high score for him, especially at a projected low ownership. I just, eh, I don't think we can have heavy exposure to him. He's too expensive. There's too many other good plays. Um, yeah. So what, what's your take here? Yeah. Um, I basically have to agree. Chino Vera is, is not a good fighter. He did, I had him last time because I just knew the picket had been rocked and had the capability of it in case by case basis. Vera, I, I think that Kelleher will have the advantage on the ground. Um, I mean, Vera's it, the thing is the frustrating thing about Vera is he shows improvement every time, Brett. That's the frustrating part about it, but I just don't think it's all going to click someday. You know what I mean? Um, there's, just, I, I, there's just not enough there. It's there's yeah. not enough there. Yeah, and the the 7K punt in cash, I don't think you need to do it this time. Um, I think you kind of on the same uh, wavelength on that one. I, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I know. And again, I know we're talking black and white here, but like, yeah. I'll I'll throw Vera in a lineup because, like, again, he can submit people. That's like the one thing he can do. And Kelleher's been submitted a ton, but I just. I don't, I don't think it's a good play. That's my read. I don't think it's a good play cash. I get it for the savings, but who are you really trying to pay up for? You can pretty much afford anyone you want. Anyways. Um, Keller is the most expensive. It's not like you're trying to get the most expensive guy on the card. So ugh, I I'm looking forward to the fight, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Vera doesn't turn into Eric Spicely number two. Oh yeah. Well, let's not even talk. We don't want to mention that name unless he's fighting, right? <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, let's move on to a more exciting fight, hopefully. Um, I'm looking forward to this one, and it, I think it could be a sleeper. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Jeremy Kennedy, the favorite, at 9,100, uh, minus 245 favorite, versus Kyle Bosniak, uh, 7,100 underdog, uh, plus 205. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. I think, um, this one's going to be one to target. Um, there should be a lot of action. Jeremy Kennedy is, is basically one of those fighters you want to have on DraftKings. Um, he's an all action all up in your face, takedowns, uh, significant strikes. Um, and he's just growing every time he's out there. Um, last time out, uh, he faced, uh, Hani Jason in, uh, Brazil. And uh, he was able to beat him by unanimous decision. Um, he got uh, 
how many takedowns did he get last time? Eight takedowns and only one advance, which is surprising. But Jason was uh, able to kind of prevent him from advancing. So uh, Kennedy will get advances later, you know, as he's growing, he's going to get these advances on the ground. And that really interests me. Um, Bosniak um, comes off a split decision against Enrique Balzola, which a lot of people thought that he kind of lost that fight. Um, it was a, it was a close fight, but um, problem with Bosniak is he does sort of gas out at the end. And on this particular fight against Kennedy, I can see Kennedy landing takedowns. Bosniak's prone to getting taken down. Um, on the feet, they 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 could be pretty even, um, but the Bosniak is able to have volume in in three rounds so it does it does interest me a little bit but I'm concerned about his takedown defense that's what this whole fight comes down to um what Brett was alluding to earlier was the um prices um 9100 on Jeremy Kennedy that's that's pretty expensive for a minus um 245 but um I'm I'm pretty much going to take it in this spot because I think that Kennedy is going to be able to control the fight um get the takedowns at will pretty much and he's one of those grinders we always try to target brett you know that's pushing forward pushing the action uh what do you think uh think about that breakdown you kind of agree do you have any interest in bosniak yeah uh i I hate to even talk about it because i haven't i haven't finished the tape study so take it with a grain of salt but uh from the previous fights i i studied on on bosniak i remember him having okay takedown defense and I remember him scrambling really well and I think well maybe you won't agree but I I haven't seen any anything from Kennedy that tells me like he's a great wrestler like we know that his game plan is to wrestle and he has good cardio and, and he's a grinder but like as far as like a technical wrestler, I haven't seen, he kind of just runs at you, picks you up and, and puts you on the ground. And like, he's not, I haven't seen anything to tell me like that is going to continue as he climbs up the ranks. Now I'm not saying Bochniak's great, but I'm going to take, take a, a much deeper look into his defense because um, I, I do have concerns that he kind of stuffs a lot of the takedowns and uh obviously that that wouldn't score well but on the flip side if kennedy wins he's probably going to land five plus takedowns so um yeah there you know he has the upside kennedy i don't really see anything in botchniak that that makes me want to play him he's not going to get takedowns probably not going to win by ko so there's not a ton of point to playing him in my opinion kennedy's expensive but uh worth worth a shot here or there yeah, we were talking about it before the pod was um, Kennedy, or we have a lot of like grade B and C grapplers on this card. Yeah. So it's it's really frustrating to see exactly what's going to happen. Um, let's move on to the Fox uh, prelims. It's nice we get the, on uh, the regular Fox station this time. We've got the uh, the next fight. We have Chase Sherman versus uh, Damian Grab- uh, Grabowski. Um, didn't want to butcher that one. Um, <laughs> you got it. Sherman coming in at 8,900, a minus 245 favorite versus Damian Grabowski, uh, 7,300 underdog at plus 205. A heavyweight fight with an inside the distance, um, likely to happen here, Brett. What, uh, what, what do you have for a take on this one? Yeah. Uh, Chase Sherman is 
not a great fighter, but he's a big favorite in this fight. And, and that's, that's a big red flag to me. But at the same time, I, there's nothing I can really do to dispute it because Grabowski isn't a, a good fighter either. And he's been finished in like the first minute in both of his UFC fights. Uh, there's the Sherman has a lot of flaws, man. And, and I do think we're going to see him um, get smashed again here sooner or later. It really, it could be this fight. We we've, you know, we haven't seen him wrestled enough to know how good he is on the ground. And I suspect he's not great. So I think Grabowski could test that. And I think it's a strong enough possibility that I'll, I'll throw a dart on Grabowski in tournaments. No one's going to take him. Uh, and, and we, we can both agree Sherman's not good. So if I'm going to get Grabowski at 10% ownership um, at the price, I'm absolutely going to do that again, in a, in a small dose, but overall, I think you have to favor Sherman. I, I just think he's going to throw a ton of punches. Grabowski seems to fold fairly quickly. And I think uh, Sherman will probably knock him out in the first or second round. Yeah. I happen to agree with everything you said. I don't, I think Sherman may be somebody we want to target down the road. He should be uh, one of the better inside the distance on the card. Once those odds come out, and he does land a lot of uh, leg kicks, so you do have significant strikes backing it up too, um, even if it does go later in, uh, in the fight. But I'm going to be uh, pretty good exposure on Sherman, and that does scare me. It should. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the next fight where we see uh, Ryan LaFleur, uh, 8,200 minus 200 favorite versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira, 8,000 on DraftKings, a plus 170 underdog seeing people want to take cowboy in this spot um man it's it this is this is an interesting fight i I, i'm interested to see what you have uh on this one yeah it's a tough fight um and basically like you said like i want to go Oliveira because i'm not super high on the flair but you know Oliveira is this guy who he's he built as a striker but pretty much all of his success has come through the grappling um and he's looked good he you know he's taken down a lot of guys Landed a lot of takedowns, won by submission. Um, looked great against Timmins his last time out. I just I don't know if he can muscle around the flair who has the 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 technique. Um, you know, a high pedigree wrestler. Maybe he, he's not an elite athlete anymore, but I just don't see Oliveira being able to toss him around. And at the same time, I think Oliveira is big enough, physical enough that I don't know if Flair can toss him around either. So I. I'm scared this is just going to be a wash, that there's going to be a lot of clinches. Um, maybe they both get some takedowns, but that that's not really what I want. I want one guy to, to dominate. So my lean on this fight is, is LaFleur takes it. Um, You're right on the fence. You want to say cowboy. <laughs> I mean, it, my, I, I my lean is that it, it doesn't score well enough. It's not going to be 100 points. 100 point fight and so i'm probably not going to target i'm probably going to be underweight compared to the field um the, the the odds to finish aren't likely for either guy uh i mean are you going to have heavy exposure to this fight no but based on the odds the minus 200 on the 8200 that interests me a lot um i'm i am odds based driven as a lot of people have seen by now and that does interest me but it, it is concerning the same exact thing you said when i looked at the fight and looked at the footage it was it, it i'm concerned about a striker battle and that's concerning because i'm not sure what the volume will be on the feet mm -hmm. sounds like you agree 
Yeah, I think it could turn into a striking battle, and I th- I would probably favor Oliveira there, but, you know, again, I don't know if I see him knocking LaFleur out. I I just, I just, I think I'm going to be underweight compared to the field. I, I, yeah. there, LaFleur has value, like you mentioned. Um, Cowboy's going to get ownership too, just because of the name. People are, are used to seeing his name up there now. Yeah. So. Like, look, look, we, we can't play every single fighter on the card, you know, unless we're making 50 lineups. So, um, you have to slow down somewhere. And I, this is probably one of the fights that, that I will slow down on. Yeah. Let's, uh, what do you say we move on to the next one? We uh, where we see uh, Rafael Natal. Um, interesting. Uh, this is the one case on that we see the eighty eight hundred price tag at a plus. Is it one hundred five underdog versus Eric Anders a seventy four hundred? He's the favorite at uh, minus one twenty five. This one um, I think opened up with Natal as the favorite actually, but Anders has seen a lot of action come in on him. So obviously on the face value, we're looking interested in, in that uh, 7,400 as a favorite. And there could be a knockout in this one. Um, Anders, uh, Alabama boy, uh, played football and uh, just recently fought. So uh, what do you think? Um, we're going to be targeting that value here or are we going to go with the veteran to go with a decision maybe? Yeah, I was planning on targeting Anders regardless of his price. Um, well, assuming he's not like 10K, but – um, you know, he's making his UFC debut. He just fought five rounds like two weeks ago. Um, that is concerning. And I, I thought I was, you know, I was being funny in my breakdown, but I'm like, it's, you know, it's always great to have an NC2A champion, uh, in the UFC. Unfortunately, Anders was a, a football champion, not a wrestling champion. So it doesn't really matter, but yeah, he played for Alabama, won the national championship with them. Um, and he fights like a, a super athlete who's trying to learn how to fight. Uh, he's got, I mean, he, like, he's literally a freak athlete, throws bombs, um, just natural power, goes for a ton of takedowns and he gets them, but it's more from the athleticism than the technique. And I, I still think his athleticism will continue to carry him. I think he can win fights in the UFC. I don't think he's technical enough to beat really good fighters at this point. It, his, his game is just not complete. It's not there, but the athleticism combined with the talent he does have, he's a purple belt in jujitsu an okay wrestler power in the hands. I, I think this is a winnable fight for him, especially coming off Natal or especially coming against Natal, who's coming off a knockout loss of his own shown some durability issues. I think there's a decent chance Anders goes out there and knocks him out in the first round. So I was planning on targeting him anyway. Uh, I was really hoping people weren't going to be on him, that the way this is priced, I feel that now people probably will. Uh, like what kind of ownership do you see on him? Uh, that's going to probably be in the premium section. Well, it will be for sure. But I mean, like (laughs) over, over (laughs) terrible at projecting, but it should be, it should be 30. 30. He's a no name. That's a problem. But right. I know. But, but people are going to see the line value. I hope, I mean, people are getting smarter. So what what was your number? What was the number? I was going to say over under 30. Okay. Um, Yeah. I I think that might be spot on. I guess the, the other thing is, uh, if you want to see Brett vent about fighters that shouldn't be in the UFC, uh, go to Twitter and go to his Twitter and look at it. He, he's sick of seeing the people that shouldn't be in there. 
Um, but yeah, the other this is the rare case that I want to see two fighters square off, like and see them next to each other. Uh, this is the rare case because I think Natal loses to the guys that are just physically imposing on him, right? The Tim Boches of the world, the guys that are just built. So I, I'm I'm gonna play a wait and see when it comes to squaring them off. I mean, I'll tell you, he's a physical freak. He, yeah. I, I think he's got the athleticism ten times what Natal has. The and and for the price and for his odds, no problem targeting him in any format. I think you should have exposure to him. But just know that he might be popular, and know that you know he's still learning how to fight. He, he's he doesn't have the best takedown defense. Uh, his striking's not technical. Um, it would not shock, you know, it would not shock me if, if Anders didn't want to try to go for the takedown because Natal is a, a really slick submission grappler and maybe he goes for the takedown anyway. Maybe he gets caught in a submission. A small amount of interest in Natal for that reason, um, but the, the obvious value is, is Anders. And I, I don't know if he'll, if he'll come through, but I, I definitely think you should have exposure there. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see the ownership on Anders in that one. Why don't we move on to the next fight where we see Lyman Good, uh, the favorite 8,500 on DraftKings, a minus 220 favorite, versus Oleski's Zola. I'm butchering it. Elise Zaleski dos Santos. Something easy. We'll just make him easy. Or you can just call him Zaleski. You can say that. Okay, Zaleski. Let's uh, let's just say, do we think that there's only one good option in this fight? Uh, good one. I like that. I, I don't. This one's this one's tough for me. Um, you know, Lyman Good. He's fought once in the last several years, and and he won, um, but then he got popped, and uh, now he's had another long layoff. And I don't know how he's going to look coming back. I've seen a lot of people um, outright favor Zaleski in this fight, you know, kind of probably as a fade on Lyman Good coming off, uh, you know, PEDs, post-USADA type thing. Um, Zaleski hasn't looked great to me. He's been taken down a ton. He's been taken down like three times, five times, six times in, in his three UFC fights. I don't think Good's going to go out there and, and try to grapple with him, though. So he might get a pass there. This might just be two guys throwing bombs. Um, Zaleski, you know, he's pretty much a power guy. He just throws everything with power. And uh, I think Good's probably better, but there's enough questions with him where I, I don't feel safe targeting him at all. Um I do think you should probably have a bit of exposure here both ways, but it's, it's one of the fights I'm having the most trouble reading. Um, who do you see coming out? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, it's really difficult to invest money in Lyman good here. Um, but I do think he's the superior striker. So it's, it's, it's difficult. And I don't even think that, uh, Zaleski won his last fight either. I, I think Nakam, I was like Kata won that fight. So um, it, it, it's kind of an interesting, it's, it's a question mark fight, right? We have, uh, will it stay on the feet or will good, good's probably going to want to keep it on the feet. And I think he's got an advantage on the feet, but this might be another situation where I might just wait and see, look at weigh-ins, look at them two next to each other. And I, I rarely do that. I, I don't like to do that, but I want to see what good, uh, good looks like. And, um, 
he is a New York boy. So I, I always keep that in the back of my mind. Um, and we know that, that the New York commission is still growing. Let's just say that the, uh, I just noticed the inside distance props are out for everyone. Um, cool. Uh, the over on two and a half rounds is minus 175. Good inside the distance, 254. Santos inside the distance, plus 387. Uh, that doesn't really jump out to me as a must target. I, again, I, I think it might be a, a, a low exposure play, but I probably will have a, a touch of each jo- guy just because I think they're going to go out there and slug. Um, Good is still, you know, a significant favorite. I, I, he's probably going to be my preferred play, and I don't see, you know, if we look at it from uh, uh, the grappling uh, scope anyway, I don't see a ton of takedowns. So it's not the highest risk fight to fade anyway. It's probably going to need a quick knockout to pay off. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm. I think it might be one of those situations where it's not necessarily low exposure, but a wait and see approach and see how you can slide these guys into the lineups. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, move on to the next fight where we see, uh, is this the, uh, yeah, this is the main card where we see Jimmy Rivera versus uh, Thomas Almeida. We have Rivera coming in at 8,300, a minus 220 favorite now, which is kind of shocking versus Thomas Almeida who's 7,800 on DraftKings, a plus 180 underdog. For as long as this may last, I am I'm so thrilled to see this fight. And it doesn't even seem like this should be the co-main event. This or oh, yeah. this, this could be a main event by itself. I, yeah. I am looking forward to this one. Two guys hopefully just slugging it out. Um, do you see anyone really having that big an advantage? Do you think the line is still, you know, and, and Rivera is growing by the day. So do you think um I was hoping Rivera would be sneaky because I, I, I did favor him and, and I thought he would, I thought there was a chance he would come out as the dog, but nope, he came out as a favorite <laughs> and people bet him up. Um, I, I think he should be favored. I think uh, it, it really comes down to Rivera's good on the feet. He's a good boxer, uh, ha, has enough power. Almeida, I think, is more dangerous but Almeida has not the best chin, gets hit a lot, starts slow. So while I think Almeida could go out there and knock him out, he could knock anyone out. He, you know, if he gets a guy hurt, he's going to land like a 20 punch combination right after that. Um, I still, I still have to favor Rivera. I think that he's more likely to hurt Almeida than vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's very possible in this fight that, uh, Rivera earns a knockout. I also like that Rivera has the wrestling to back it up. Almeida has questionable takedown defense. I think that could play a part. Rivera is definitely the better round winner. Um, I do want exposure to both sides of this fight though, because if everyone's going to be on Jimmy Rivera, like, uh, I, I, I agree that he should be favored, but, um, one and a half Almeida is a killer, you know, both are killers, but Almeida is a killer too. And, um, I do think you should have exposure both ways, but yeah, Jimmy Rivera inside the distance plus 162. It, 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 his line's only growing minus 220 right now. I, I, I have no problem with him in any, any format, and I, I think Almeida's worth, uh, worth playing in tournaments as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the minus 220 at 8,300 looks really good. Um, but yeah, I think um, Thomas Almeida, we saw kind of after that Garbrandt fight, it seems just like 
uh, I think that was a turning point in his career, really, um, because we saw him against uh, the late replacement Morales, and and he didn't finish him in the first round, which he normally does. He went to the second round. I think Rivera will be able to, uh, you know, dictate the pace, and and if he does. Uh, Almeida is not the best fighting off the back foot and kind of moving back of the cage. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a knockout, but I think uh, Rivera is probably one of the best values um, on the card, even, you know, based on odds too, um, outside of uh, what was it? Anders, but um, yeah, I, I, I do. I like him a lot. Rivera. Yeah. He's definitely, definitely a strong play. Um yeah, Almeida even almost got knocked out by Brad Pickett. Like he, I he wanted to say that <laughs> he struck. He, his upside is here, but you know his floor is is here. He he's he's definitely a high variance guy, um, and I think he'll continue to be that way. So uh, yeah, good, best fight yeah. on the card in my opinion. Oh heck yeah! And um, you're talking about high variance. Why did did you know that this next fight was going to happen or something? I did. Yeah. Because let's talk about high variance. Let's talk about, uh, John Volante versus Pat Cummings, both 8,100 on DraftKings. Uh, we have, uh, Volante the minus 125 favorite versus Cummings plus 105 wrestler versus striker, a New York boy, a chinny, uh, Cummings, who's the wrestler, this, th- this fight literally has everything going for it. And it's got me scratching my head because I want to take Cummings, but Blonte being the favorite in that chinny Cummings, man. Oh, it's, it's scaring me. Yeah. It's, it's not good when you take more damage than the guy whose nickname is damage, who we'll get to in the next fight, but Cummings gets hit a ton and he takes a ton of damage and and you know i i noticed this early in his career and and i i was heavy against him when he fought a little nog and people weren't on him then yet or weren't on the the same thought process and uh he got knocked out in the first run that was a first round that was a great night for me and i think everyone picked up on it after that and even in his last fight, you know, he won, but he almost lost again. He almost got knocked out in the first round. He was on skates. Just his face looks like a mess. I think he can win this fight. I think it's similar to the Blahovich fight. I think he can land takedowns, win rounds, but I, I don't know how he gets through the standup without taking a ton of damage. Volante is a guy who loves to brawl. Um, he's going to come forward and try to hurt Cummins. And I, I think he's going to hurt him. I think he's going to put him away. Uh, I, I just can't get over how much damage Cummins takes. It's like the first couple punches, he's already like basically done. And, and if, if he didn't take that damage, you know, he would, he would be much more effective in the grappling, but because he takes so much damage that tires him out, he becomes less effective. And, uh, you know, I do think you should target both sides of this it's price dead even um i expect there to be a lot of people in the mid-range this week i'll have lineups with both but my lean is definitely volante i think i, I just think there's going to be enough stand-up exchanges where volante is going to hurt him and probably put him away yeah uh i'm always concerned about even thinking about rostering volante because ring iq is not really there and we talk about that once in a while brett it's yeah it scares me ring iq is important he, it just he just loves to brawl 
that's just yeah. what he wants. It doesn't, he's, it doesn't matter how he can win. He just wants to brawl and we have to accept that because he can get knocked out even in this fight. But um, he was hurt by the uh, Safaroff that last time too. And that was a back and forth. And he won- he usually does win the trade-offs. Um, yeah. But yeah, that game plan against uh, Mauricio Hua was, was not the best idea either. So, um, yeah, and, and we were talking about it earlier, too, um, about the two guys at the same price, $8,100. Um, if you can afford to do it, will you roster both guys, or do you just take a stance and, and stick on the stance? Because last week I know you had an instance where there was two guys in the same. If you, t- if you had at least taken one of each, you would have had, like, almost close to the nuts last week. Yeah, I would have won tournaments by like 30 points if I had Felder on the lineups where I had Ray. It's it's case-by-case basis. In this instance, I think, yeah, probably some of my favorite lineups that have Volante, I'll also throw the same lineup in with Cummins, but I don't think you have to do that every time someone's priced the same. In fact, I think it's a bad idea if you do that all the time. Um, In this instance, I'd say, say I make 10 Volante lineups, maybe – three or four of them also have Cummins, but not, it's not going to be 10 and 10, five and five. No. Um, and you if you favor Cummins, you can do it the opposite way. I just think Volante is higher upside, more likely to win. So he's going to be, he's definitely going to be a higher owned fighter than Cummins for me. Yeah. One of the things you got to take a stance that's, that's it, you're going to long-term be hemorrhaging money. If you do it the other way and just keep going 10 and 10, it, it, it's not, it's not a good strategy long-term. Let's move on to uh, who we just were talking about, a guy that takes a lot of damage to the guy, nicknamed the damage. And didn't he get it tattooed on, on him? I think yeah. he did. Uh, we have um, Dennis Bermudez versus Darren Elkins. Uh, Bermudez, 8,700 favorite, uh, minus 185 versus Darren Elkins, 7,500, uh, plus 160 underdog. That Elkins, last time out, will go down in DFS history, won't it? I mean, no, that was horrible. I hated it. I had I, <laughs> the, the look on your face. People, a lot of people I, were on Alkins. I, I had as Bechtick, a value. I think I would have got first or second in the 300 if uh, Bechtick had just held on and won, which would have been like 5K at least. So I was very frustrated, but he still scored like 80 points, even though he got knocked out. Um, I'm just going to take over the analysis here. I, I, I think th- this is another frustrating fight where uh, Dennis Bermudez, I think, is, the, is clearly the better fighter everywhere. Uh, Elkins does not do well if he can't out-wrestle fighters, and I, I just do not see him being able to out-wrestle Dennis Bermudez. Bermudez is a much better athlete, a better wrestler, I think a better striker, but he gets hurt in almost every fight. So this literally could be the exact same situation where Bermudez beats the crap out of him for two rounds and then Elkins it just survives as a bloody mess and like hits him with a <laughs> hits him with a kick and Bermudez is just gone like that it's plausible that could happen again and I think people know that I think people will target Elkins for that reason I won't be heavy on Elkins I'll have him I'll have a couple shares of him but I won't be heavy on him because I really think the only way he wins is by hurting Bermudez and putting him out. And I I just don't think he's good enough that the outcome is as likely as other people think. I like Bermudez though. I I think he can land a bunch of takedowns. Elkins isn't great defensively. 
I think Bermudas can, can beat them up. And if people are scared off Bermudas, that's, that's better for me, but um, probably a fight you should target both ways because either Elkins wins by KO or Bermudas destroys him for three rounds. Um, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I think the sharps and I'm on Bermudas as well. I think this far superior just all around as well, but superior striker. And that's where all the fights start. So I, uh, I, I think that uh, Elkins is going to garner a lot of ownership and I would like to counter that by just having as much Bermudas as I can have. So why don't we move on to the main event here? Um, interesting back and forth. Uh, it's it's uh, Chris Weidman at home again. He said he wasn't going to fight in New York again versus Calvin Gastelum. Gastelum, the favorite, 8,400, a minus 155 favorite versus Weidman, 7,800, a plus 145 underdog. Chris Weidman at home getting knocked out left and right versus Gastelum. Outsized by Weidman. Um, who are you going to go with? Uh, I'll talk about this for as long as I can. Um, uh, it's, I'm seeing a lot of people saying Weidman is washed up and it's, it, it feels like the same thing with like Ovin St. Prue almost, but I, I just think people missed the boat before and, and they're, they're, they're missing it now. Like it's not that Weidman was the greatest fighter in the world and now he's just fallen so hard. Like he was never the best fighter in the world, even though he was a champion. So people, people see these wins and then they see the losses and it's like, Oh, he must've been good. And now he's bad. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like it, uh, I don't think Weidman's washed up. I just think he's a decent, pretty good fighter who was never the best in the world. And that's showing now because he's fighting really, really strong fighters. Um, he still had his moments against Luke Rockhold, a great fighter. He could, he very easily could have beaten Yoel Romero, a pretty good fighter. And he won the first round against Musasi, another great fighter. Like that doesn't tell me he's washed up. It tells me he's not the best fighter in the world, which we already knew. He has cardio issues. That concerns me. Um, he's not the best striker. That concerns me. I, I, there's plenty of reasons to take Kelvin Gastelum. Um, and, and there's also value on, on Gasplum from a DraftKings perspective. I also like Weidman though, and, and I will definitely have exposure to him. I think he's going to be at a, a very significant size advantage. And uh, I think that is going to play a role here. I, I think that he'll have a lot of success early in this fight. And I think the longer the fight goes, the more success Gastelum will have, but I, I don't see it being like a, Oh, you know, once Gaslam gets his rhythm, he's just going to knock uh, wide male. He, he, he's, he doesn't have the power of Romero. He doesn't have the size, the kicks of Rockhold. Um, he doesn't have the striking technique of Musasi, in my opinion. It's still a step down, and, and Gaslam has looked great against Tim Kennedy, and he's looked uh, great against Vitor Belfort. So I think a lot of people are sleeping on Weidman. It's a great fight. Weidman also has the grappling. I think we should target. So um, I like both guys. I always like the main event. Uh, if people are going to be really heavy on Gaslam, I'm going to have a little more Weidman. But um, I, I think it's fine that Gaslam's favored just because of, of what we've seen from the negatives from Weidman in the past. I just think it's a closer fight than, than other people. Yeah, I'm right in the same boat with you. I like Weidman. I, I hope he comes in at a lower ownership because he has thrown all those uh, knockout losses. 
Um, but it's interesting because there is value to be had on gasoline here. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, so that's about it for this one. Anything yeah. you have to say quickly or no, uh, just keep an eye on the odds. Um, the value long-term is a strong play to target the value and, and there's significant value on this card, both on the bottom end and on the top end. Um, you will have an advantage if you look at the odds compared to the prices, uh, continue to do that throughout the week. So enjoy the fights, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to the pay-per-view UFC 214 next week, Cormier versus John Jones. I know we're all looking forward to it. Three title fights. So if we don't win any money, we certainly hope you guys do. And uh, that's it for us this week. Thanks, guys. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only.